Welcome to Asset Yield, the podcast series of Kinsteller's Asset Solutions Sector, where we speak with principal investors, advisors, and funders in the world of non-performing and non-core assets of all classes, bringing you frontline market insights in real time. Good morning. Welcome to Asset Yield, the podcast series of Kinsteller Asset Solutions. We're here today with Mikhaila Lashova, managing partner of Forton, the alliance partner of commercial real estate firm Cushman Wakefield, based in Sofia, Bulgaria. Good morning, Mikhaila. Delighted you could join us. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Cushman Wakefield is a very well-known global company. I'm sure many of our audience have heard the name or seen the name. But perhaps you could tell us a little bit about Cushman Wakefield and in particular the relationship with Forton and your activities in both Bulgaria and, if you can, the larger in Central and Eastern Europe and Southeastern European region. Forton is exclusive partner of Cushman for the last 12 years. We've been servicing their clients here locally and we offer the full set of services as our partners which means agency services, valuations and research, project management, property management, asset management, and also research. In addition to that, we do investment sales as our partners. But your focus is primarily on Bulgaria, is that correct? Yes. These days, we're dividing the market into a sort of a pre-corona, post-corona, or I don't know, BC, AC, however you want to call it. It would be interesting to hear what the market looked like in Bulgaria and maybe the immediate region prior to March 2020. What sort of projects were you and your clients involved in? In 2017, we had a record high number in investment volume. We had a turnover of 1 billion euro, which was mainly by shopping centers that were transacted here. The transactions were done by South African groups and they purchased several shopping centers in 2017. In 2018, mostly the transactions were in office segment, again by South African investors. And 2019, it was a year when things have slowed down and most of the transactions were done by local investors. Currently under construction in Bulgaria, there are office buildings in a total size of 400,000 square meters. They will be delivered on the market in the next three years, which means considering the current take-up per year of about 150,000 square meters, they will be acquired and leased within this period of three years. We believe that uh, this will generate a good potential for investment because it will be new high-quality office buildings together with international tenants that could be attractive to international investors for acquisitions. If we hit the top notes first, you've noted that shopping centers and offices were a huge development focus in the years before Corona. And this is a very interesting point that you raise for two reasons. One, I guess shopping centers obviously have been impacted not only by Corona, but as you noted, in general by economic cycles. What do you see happening with shopping centers in general going forward as the whole online shopping trend accelerates? 
I think uh, they became more of a social life event where people need to communicate and meet. In the first shopping centers that were delivered on the market 2008 and 10, the entertainment zones were only 5%. Where today, most of the shopping centers are enjoying entertainment zones with slow food and fast food and uh, cinemas and some cafes and bars, which creates a total of about 30% of the shopping center volume. It's a destination, effectively. I know that your Ring Mall, for instance, in Sofia, has a number of entertainment activities there. You even have, in one floor of the underground parking garage, there is a go-kart racetrack. Yeah, it's and a shopping center that is predominantly used for outdoor sitting with a nice view to the mountain and with a variety of restaurants. And so your expectation is that shopping centers will continue to be developed, but with slightly different focus, more or less everything but shopping. Basically, in a very short period from 2008 until 2018, many shopping centers were delivered on the market with a volume close to 1 million square meters. And the local retailers, they had to expand very rapidly. And for them, it was an issue to operate and to be profitable at all those locations. So some shopping centers lost some tenants. Some tenants have to restructure in order to meet the requirements. But currently, what we see is that every regional city has one dominant shopping center and one that is lagging behind. And in Sofia, we do have several shopping centers with a different niche and market that they're targeting. You raised also the question of office space. I read with great interest your recent analysis, not yours personally, but the Forton Cushman Wakefield analysis of Q1 and projections looking forward. And office space is obviously top of the everybody's interest in the real estate sector. I'm reading a lot of differing views. On the one hand, people are saying that with the increased work from home, less office space will be necessary. On the other hand, I'm also reading that with increased social distancing and so on, the whole model of open plan, everyone sitting on each other's laps model is over and more office space will be needed. What's your view on the future of office space? Many companies found out because of COVID that they can work from home and they can be almost as efficient as working from the office. This is especially true for the IT companies, which are about 70% of the office market. So now they're facing the challenge how to break down home office and office space and how to rearrange their offices. One concept that Cushman introduced is six-feet offices, which uh, creates a safe environment for the employees and basically applying such concept it will require additional space which not many companies at the moment are willing to actually pay for and extend. So what we expect to happen on the office market it's a combination of home office and regular office with uh, some percentage of home office, about probably 30%, and rotation between employees that are working from home and employees that are working from the office. Because it's a very difficult situation to work only from home and to create corporate environment and corporate culture, and also to onboard new employees. That's why we think that it will be a balance and companies will not cut down their office space, but they'll try to 
combine it together with home office. You've touched on a topic that's near and dear to all of our hearts. Hopefully going forward, our children will not be at home and we won't be <laughs> splitting our time <laughs> between teaching them eighth grade algebra and holding conference calls. <laughs> um, so we, we can all hope for a better future in that respect. In the course of your comments just now, you touched on something quite important, and that is the sort of pricing war in the sense that there's a lot of competition for space and for pricing on the space. What's been happening in the whole tenant-landlord dynamic during corona, and what do you expect going forward in terms of leases and how leases are structured, and of course, the key issue, what they cost? During corona, we saw that some of the current requirements for new space by clients that we're currently working on, they have changed their requirements and they have now decreased the office space that they require with a, a percentage between 20 to 30 percent with a view that the rest of uh, the employees will be working from home. Is there anything in particular that tenants will be looking for when they renew their leases in this post-corona period? Or do you think that the whole leasing dynamic will be the same going forward? Tenants are renewing their leases. Currently, the first quite concern with the technical condition of the building, with the fact if it has fresh air or it doesn't have fresh air, what is the ventilation, how the workflow and also the flow of employees within the building is organized and what are the measures that the building is taking in order to make sure that the employees are safe. So safety and the well-being of the employees is first. Second is the size of the premises. Currently, we see that the companies are considering a home office more as an option and they're looking for smaller sizes of premises versus before Corona. We've spoken a bit about retail space and office space and how they've been, on the most part, negatively impacted in some ways by Corona. Other types of space have actually benefited to some extent, especially from the, again, explosion in online shopping. Are you seeing a growth in logistics and warehousing? During Corona, we noticed that e-commerce have increased dramatically and this led to a need of uh, having uh, logistic space within the city borders. The supply of such is very limited. Most of the logistic premises are outside of the city and we do see a potential now for such premises to be developed within the borders of the city so couriers and other delivery companies can use them. In the market in 2019 was very active. We have a stock of about 1 million square meters and a delivery of about uh, 200,000 square meters, which was all taken up during 2019. And we do see that there is a need and potential for new logistic premises to be delivered on the market. And there are a few new projects that are actually coming. Unfortunately, neither one of them is within the borders of the city. They're all in the surroundings of Sofia. That segues very nicely into my next question. What we're seeing in a lot of jurisdictions is a move to second cities away from central metropolitan hubs. It started obviously during Corona, but people are discovering that they can also work from the suburbs and the exurbs. Do you think that there's going to be an expansion of business into some of the second cities of Bulgaria? 
Yeah, we saw a trend of IT companies moving to regional cities like Varna, Plovdiv, Burgas, and opening second locations for operations as a satellite to their offices in Sofia. The reason behind is that the unemployment rate in those cities is higher and they can find employees easier than Sofia and also the cost is lower than Sofia. We can only hope to work from the seaside and from the mountains. I think I'm just comfortable now not having to commute 45 minutes each way. And I think I've been quite spoiled by this whole experience. And I'm not sure I want to go back to that at all. <laughs> you mentioned earlier about the pre-corona pending developments, particularly in office space. And um, that's something I wanted to delve into a bit further with you, because right now we're in a kind of suspended animation. Most jurisdictions, Bulgaria included, of course, the central banks have passed emergency measures. There's been enforcement moratoria, payment deferrals, and most importantly, a lot of banks have suspended financing. Have you seen an impact of that on these ongoing developments that were going on you know, in January and February and got caught up in corona? The banks have not stopped financing new projects, the ones that are already in pipeline and in construction. They keep financing those and they will be delivered on time because there is extra available labor right now in construction. We think that all these projects will be delivered on time. On the other hand, for new projects, I think that banks are currently restructuring and revising their lending policies and it will be an issue and probably new projects will be difficult to be financed. And do you see other lenders stepping in as well, alternative funders such as uh, funds basically? Are they coming into your market? The current financing situation with the restructuring of the banks will lead to a need of different type of financing where mezzanine could be an option. However, the mezzanine funds that we're currently discussing with are looking for a larger size portfolios and larger size to invest in single asset deal where most of the requirements that we are finding from our clients is for smaller bridge financing up to one, two million versus what the funds are currently looking to expose 10 to 15 million per single deal. Earlier you mentioned, and rightly so, South African investment in Central and Eastern Europe and Southeastern Europe. Since 2016, South African REITs, for instance, have been by volume some of the largest investors in our neighborhood for a variety of reasons. The volatility in the African markets, lack of liquidity, issues around the South African RAND. Hyprop, as well as Nepi, Rockcastle, and several others have been very active. Do you expect that to continue? Do you think that they're going to reposition themselves or are they basically committed to shopping centers and that's it? The South African investors that are active in Bulgaria are mostly owners of shopping centers. However, there is a group that owns offices as well. We think that in the future, they would continue probably purchasing offices and less likely purchasing or developing new shopping centers. One of the South African groups that owns shopping centers here in Sofia 
has announced a project in Plovdiv with a view to develop it in the recent years. However, I believe that the corona situation would either delay or postpone these plans. It's interesting because even before the current crisis, not only retail centers, but also airports were becoming kind of destination locations. I expect now, with us having to go to, through a rather draconian process to board a plane, I mean, before we were sitting in airports, you know, one and a half hours before the flight, sometimes two, two and a half hours, I expect that now it'll be even longer. Do you think that there'll be a lot of development of alternative uses around airports? I mean, especially coming from Cushman Wakefield, you're certainly familiar with the UK airports, which are to me, effectively shopping centers with a little transportation attached. So um, it'll be interesting to see if the Sofia airport goes in that direction. Unfortunately, we cannot compare our airport with London airport because it's not hub destination and the transfer flights are only from Sofia to the seaside. I think that if our airport is developed further and positioned as a hub destination for Southeast Europe, with a lot more frequent flights, then it could develop as a potential retail destination. Ikala, who is investing in Bulgaria's real estate market? Is it primarily domestic investors or do you get a lot of external foreign investors? In 2019, we had mainly local investors with very few exceptions of Greek, Jewish and Italian investors for smaller assets. We do believe that after COVID, it will continue in a similar trend. We'll have mainly local investors with very few exceptions of international ones that are looking for opportunistic deals. Since Asset Solutions focuses primarily on non-performing and non-core assets, I could not go on without discussing the world of NPLs and distressed real estate. We've been discussing prime real estate so far. There were a number of portfolio sales in process when we all got hit by Corona and the world fell off its access. These deals have been either suspended or the timelines have been extended. And as we also discussed, banking business has also been somewhat suspended. So banks cannot fully assess or crystallize the consequences of Corona on their borrowers and on the projects that were in process. But I think that to uh, professionals in the field, we can assume that there'll be further NPLs and REOs coming out of this period, and we'll add some front book to the existing back book. What are your views on this? What do you see the consequences to the Bulgarian market, and maybe if you have a view on the CSEE market? Currently, the banks have offered an option to all clients to suspend their loans, payment of principal and interest for the next six months which expires at the end of December. And we do think that it will take some time, probably another half year afterwards, and maybe towards mid to the end of 2021, we can see some distress deals on the market. For now, we don't see any new MPL portfolios or distress deals to be structured, just because it's a free situation that will continue to the end of the year. Currently, the banks are much better prepared than in the previous crisis, and they're closely monitoring their exposures with hands on their clients and being quite close to them. So we think that if any problems will occur, they'll be able to act much faster than before. 
We can only hope. <laughs> Although, to be fair, all of this makes good business, even in the chaos. We're also seeing that even, as you said, the market was slowing in some respects coming into Corona. The end of 2019, we saw a move to zero and even in some cases in Denmark, for instance, negative interest rates. And we're seeing that this is going to likely continue in the near future. I think the Bank of England recently said that they are considering zero interest rates. What do you think that's going to do for the Bulgarian, and if you want to comment on the CSEE markets, uh, because in fact, it seems that a lot of funds have dry powder. There seems to be money, liquidity. As I mentioned earlier, banks are considering new lending policies. They're still not in place, so it's hard to say what are the new requirements and how they'll be financing new projects. However, all banks are claiming that they will not change the interest rates and the interest rates will remain the same as today. Very interesting. So the long and short of it is, if I understand, Bulgaria is open for business, real estate investment is thriving, and there are some good opportunities there. What are your final words to potential investors in the Bulgarian market? Any words for the wise or guidance? In my experience, what I see is that it's a great challenge to convince international investors to come here on the market and do site inspections. However, once they do come and see and visit, they're pleasantly surprised by the quality of the assets, the quality of tenants. Most of the investors that have been on the market, they managed to acquire some assets. My advice to international investors is to visit Bulgaria, look at the assets that meet their criteria with international tenants and loan leases and be able to provide higher returns to their clients by mixing a portfolio of assets within Central Europe and Southeast Europe. Mikhaila Lashova, Managing Partner of Fortan Cushman Wakefield, based in Sofia, Bulgaria. Thank you so much for joining us today on Asset Yield, the podcast series of Kinsteller Asset Solutions.